noticed with some interest is that like I am um, I'm not sure if either of you guys are familiar with the the DSMA committee but this is the Defence and Security Media Advisory Committee and it's a British a, a Ministry of Defence run and it's kind of MI5 and MI6 and and defence and foreign office run body which dictates um, what facts pertinent to national security can be reported on in the British media and how um, it issues, you know, they're called D-notices. They're not quite as powerful as they, they used to be where they, the British government could literally just illegalise reporting on anything it wanted for no good reason. But, like, it's still very, very, it's kind of, it's very, it's deeply, it's a deeply British form of state censorship because, you know, they, they will, if they feel that a story is about to be published or has been published, which is, you know, kind of potentially sensitive and they don't want people to report on um they will write to the editors of every major newspaper and say oh well you know um how are you doing old bean could you possibly get in touch if you're thinking about writing about blah 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 before you do anything on it just so we make sure that we're on the same page um and blah blah and um yeah like they, they were responsible for ensuring the entire british media bar the guardian didn't report on the edward snowden uh, revelations uh, and you know they kneecapped all sorts of reporting on um on you know, WikiLeaks disclosures, they they wrote to editors saying, um, you know, you'll basically have blood on your hands if you go near this. And so they didn't. And, and it's, yes, it's deeply insidious. Not really anyone knows about it. And the media itself doesn't really want to talk about it because, you know, it rather undermines their uh, claim to be independent and not state controlled when actually they, you know, voluntarily send their own stories to this body to be censored. Um, you know, so the, the, a, a, anyway, the, I noticed from their most recent minutes that were just published online, there was this amazing um, quote in one of them where one of the, the uh, it, 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 sorry, in, in um, one of the, um, uh, I think it was the, the deputy secretary of this, of this uh, the DSMA committee, said that he had never, that, that they had received a large number of requests from the media in terms of how to report on a partic some particular material. It's not stated what the material was, but the, um, uh, it, it, this deputy secretary said, um, the, the, the this material was the most sensitive they had ever seen um, since they joined the committee. Now, this the, the, this this meeting was to cover the previous six months from you know, from April this year to November. This is the exact kind of time period that the Grey Zone is publishing lots of stuff on um, Britain's uh, contribution to the proxy war in Ukraine. Um, I wonder whether they were referring to that because several stories that we published during this period. Um, they got enormous interest overseas. Like when we wrote about like Britain planning the Kerch Bridge bombing, like that got picked up in Belgium, Croatia, Singapore, like, you know, pretty much every corner of the world, it got picked up in America. Um, you know, uh, I think Jackman did something on it and, and, and the entire British media was silent despite the fact that Max made the underlying um, document upon which this was based, um, uh, you know, downloadable. Um, you know, like, so, uh, you know, for, for the entire British media to ignore this, I mean, there must have been some kind of, I mean, almost inevitably, there was some kind of, you know, direct decree to not go near it. So I do wonder whether, yes, yeah, I'm kind of, without being named, we've been uh, uh, made famous by people mm -hmm. getting in touch with the D, D, D notice committee about, uh, about us, and they're not very happy about that. Yeah, I'd bet that that's correct, and you're probably on, uh, you and the rest of the Grey Zone people are probably on some lists for the national security state people if they have a chance to interdict and whatever is detain you. Oh, now, yeah. your your latest, uh, your, you have a recent story. This came out um, about a month and a half ago, I guess now, and yeah. 
uh, this is on 9-11, and this is uh, why uh, Ben is joining us here, because it's right in his wheelhouse. Uh, ben Howard, can you explain uh, uh, Kit's story, bombshell filing, 9-11 hacker, ha sorry. Kit, <laughs> Bomb yeah, bombshell filing, 9-11 hijackers were CIA recruits. Now, this is pertains to material that you and I and Peter Dale Scott have written about, people like Kevin Fenton. Um, where did things stand before these latest uh, revelations that come from court filings and so on? Like, what what's what what did we know before? I know that this is a big area because you've written a very long article on it. But yep. basically, what did the, the court filings <laughs> illuminate compared to what we already knew, which was most of what's there? It's more it seems like more confirmation uh, than anything else. But but how does this how has how have how has the picture been changed? Yeah, so I think the 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 I mean the biggest thing that this story that this document revealed, which was in in um, his headline and his reporting on this document, um, you know, Kit, you wrote that this was uh, that that they were that they were CIA agents essentially that that's that that's effectively what they were, and I think that's the yeah. biggest revelation. I mean, uh, I think from this I document. So just I did sorry I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I th I think that yes that a lot of stuff in this filing was not especially new, but the real the kind of spin on it was that a, a variety of contacts between two of the hijackers, which we can get into, and um, this individual Omar Al Bayoumi, who's long been suspected of being a Saudi spy. What th that was all CIA directed, like that's yes, exactly. and I think some of my the reason I make this distinction is that several people including people on the kind of contra side of um uh you know on the, who are you would probably be branded conspiracy theorists in the mainstream were very quick to say that oh i was trying to blame the saudis and this is a limited hangout and you know um that uh you know this should be ignored and it's like i never ever said that and the, the document explicitly doesn't state yeah. that yeah, um, yeah. So I think it's a really important distinction to make. But yeah, so sorry, Ben. Sorry. Um, well, yeah. So so I think what we what we had already know. I mean, uh, what we, I'll be I'll be. So what we already knew was that Omar Al Bayoumi and Osama Baznan uh, were Saudi assets, and this was the FBI determined this uh, both contemporaneously and then in their follow up investigation, Operation Encore. Um, you know, it's it's pretty. You know, it's never been proven in court or anything like that. Um, but it's it's pretty conclusive. Uh, that they were definitely um, uh, Saudi agents of some kind. And then we also knew from the other side of things uh, that the CIA was aware that these two alleged hijackers, Al-Hazmi and Al-Madar, had traveled to the U.S. and had not uh, told anyone about this. Uh, they didn't tell. In fact, they prevented the FBI from becoming aware of this by blocking uh, two FBI agents who became aware of this information from relaying it to other aspects of the other elements of the FBI, including uh, FBI headquarters uh, in in uh, DC, but also the um, some of the bigger uh, FBI counterterror task forces based in New York. Um, but what we did not, uh, what was not confirmed, and and we speculated about this, um, and it was actually very interesting to see this document specifically use the word liaison, uh, that there was some kind of liaison agreement between the CIA and the Saudi intelligence service, the GID, in this case. And I think that's the biggest allegation that's in here is that. Um, the the because even even going back to the 9/11 Commission report, um, you know there was uh, uh, even uh, allusions in that report, as limited as it was, uh, to the idea that this meeting, this supposed chance meeting between Omar Al Bayoumi and alleged hijackers Al Hazmi and Al Madar at a Mediterranean restaurant, 
that that meeting had been arranged by Saudi intelligence. Um, and that was based on FBI investigating, uh, which determined that uh, this uh, Saudi consular official named Fahad al-Thumari uh, was almost certainly an official cover intelligence asset of some kind, um, and that his contact with Omar al-Bayoumi had led to this meeting. Uh, so that would imply, of course, that the GID was aware that these two alleged hijackers were coming into the U.S. such that they could plan this meeting. Uh, but what this document also alleges, of course, is that this entire thing, this meeting, was orchestrated by the CIA. Um, and I think um, it's that's very plausible, considering we know that the the CIA would have been aware that these two men were coming into the United States. I mean, that's that's in the public record that they knew that. Um, so it seems very plausible that they would have been in a position to do something like that. Uh, you know, the reasons why they would have done that. Uh, you know, we can we can only speculate, um, but it does seem like a very credible allegation. Um, I think overall, the document is very interesting in that um, it's all insider sources. Um, most of them have been given sort of cryptonyms or, or you know, the, the described as confidential source and then the number identifying them. A lot of them, you can identify who they are. Some of them um, are definitely new to me. I, I could not tell who they were. Um, but nonetheless, it, I mean, this, the source seems pretty impeccable. I mean, Conestraro, you can, you can go, uh, he's, he's the one, uh, Doug Conestraro is the one who, who created this document, wrote this document. He's a, uh, investigator for the, uh, Office of Military Commission, I think. Uh, yeah, yeah Office of such... Military Commissions, yeah. Yeah, I mean, which is like Canestraro, I mean, he's ex-DEA and, and you know, I, I, he yes. notes as well that he's not included all, all of the facts that he is aware of in, in this filing. I might yes. add as well that this was something I didn't get into in my article, but uh, and I'd be interested to hear your thoughts on this, Ben. There was, there was one aspect of the filing that a lot of people missed, which is that, I mean, in, in effect, so, you know, Al-Hazmi and Al-Midar, they come into the US and they immediately meet Omar Al-Bayoumi. Um, at this um, restaurant, and he claims that he took pity on them because they couldn't speak English, and yes. he gave them thousands of dollars because, as you do, um, and um, you know, helped them get set up, and um, you know, you're renting nearby him in um, uh, is it San Diego, like California, and yeah. um, and, and, and but but yes, yeah, so th then uh, um, uh, subsequent to this, uh, the the two hijackers they move in with an FBI informant now yes. because the CIA had withheld from the FBI and not only with you know withheld but like went out of their way to ensure the FBI didn't know that they were there um uh, the, these two hijackers were in the US and had multi-entry visas um it, they end up living with an FBI informant but then he tells his his FBI handler about them and but the you know the, the the story goes that well because their names weren't in the system um in as you know flagged as you know potential risks they weren't investigated further now i, I think it's a nameless operation encore operation encore is the F, long running fbi investigation into potential saudi involvement in in 911 um one of the investigators there he claims that that fbi informant was working for the saudis as well now uh, that's not something that's ever been um acknowledged uh, publicly as far as i'm aware um i i'm not sure how um you know kind of credible that is but if we run with the idea that it is true that might be another reason that the fbi was engaged in a high level cover up uh, because um you know for one reason or another perhaps they knew um, that, that this person was also working for the Saudis and then didn't say anything about it. Um, I mean, it does seem that the you know, it, that there are numerous sources, yes, as um, 
as noted, there are num numerous nameless sources in this document who claim that they were asked to lie to, you know, invest professional investigations into what happened um, and conceal what they knew, including the, the relationship of the CIA and, and, the, and the hijackers. That was just an excerpt from the American Exception podcast. To hear the whole episode, as well as archived and new episodes, please subscribe to the American Exception podcast at Patreon. There's a link in the show notes, or you can just go to patreon.com slash American Exception. Subscribe and you can join us as we illuminate the dark side of the U.S. empire.